Good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another rip-roaring episode of the On Jellyfish Arcade. I am your host, Philip, and with me, as always, is Sean. How are you doing this week, Sean? I'm all good, all good. Great stuff. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I just want to quickly go through some questions. I know this is a bit of a trans, uh, like, jigging things up, but I just want to, I had a few, we had a two questions. Well, one question, and whether you want to take this as a compliment or complaint, Sean, I'll leave it up to you. Um, but one question is, hi, guys. This comes from Chris with a K. Um, hi, guys. Love the show. Just one point. Why are you guys always so positive, especially Philip? And that was literally it. That's the email. Oh, of course. From Bye, Chris. I don't get me wrong. That's so good because I used to watch a, um, a podcast on YouTube where it is sort of like, do you actually... I mean, to some degree, you might argue it's always going to be positive because to some degree, you're just going to talk about the games that you like. So in fit, because you're not likely to spend a lot of time talking about something you really dislike unless your expectation, you know, a bit maybe like that. I mean, it didn't really happen to us because we didn't experience some of the negativity too much personally around cyberpunk. But unless you went into a game expecting one thing and then totally got the other, then you might... But in general, most people, or especially maybe people that are really into games, might do a lot of their research before they chuck money at a game and get into it to be like, you know, most people feel they're going to at least get on with a game before they get in there. And I guess you might only come across something you really don't like if you're, if it were kind of part of your job. You know, like when you see people at IGN or whatever, they have to review you know, they wouldn't play the game unless they was actually being paid to review it, type of thing. True, but I'm, I'm, I would take it as a compliment, to be honest. But I mean, uh, this is not something to do with video games. But if you ever watch a uh, fan video of football, um, they're, they're never positive. And I do think video game com- uh, YouTubers, they, I always said negative news and reviews and people who rant get more views than people who always say positive things. But I take it as a compliment, I would say. Yeah, if I mean, we're they positive, make mistakes. Then we're yeah, positive. like you said, there's no point sometimes losing sleep over it. I mean. And the second one for you um, comes from Turk. Turkmeister, Turkminster, um, and he says, "Who came up with the name of Neon Jellyfish Arcade and why?" And I think it was you. Well, I did. I did quite like the term, or not necessarily term, but the name Neon Jellyfish. Looking at Neon Jellyfish, I guess I thought it was quite. You're early. looking at them. You come across them regularly in your daily life. No, but I saw someone <laughs> when I was in London. Obviously, at the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> not just in the Thames or something but um, a, I don't know I just thought that's quite a when you say it it creates a sort of visual uh, imagery in your mind type of thing as well which I thought was quite a sort of interesting you say neon jellyfish like if people said I don't know like when people talk about pink elephants or pink elephants polka dotted polar bears or something like the first thing you then you sort of think about those, don't you? So I just kind of thought, and I, I don't know, I just thought that was quite a good sort of um, interesting imagery that you had sort of saying. I, I thought it's quite fluid with water and stuff like that. It's never static. It's always moving type of thing. The same way in which, I mean, maybe this is a bit overthinking it, but in the way the game industry is and should be, sort of like it's never sort of still. 
Well, we're getting deep for a Sunday morning. <laughs> the arcade <laughs> bit came in late because I think you weren't so keen on it just being no because uh, I neon jellyfish felt just a bit too the, nondescript. Yeah, and so I suggested the, arcade, and you was happy to add that on. The well, I always said, imagine that you know the inbox would be of a load of people, jellyfish enthusiasts that came to our show. For us talking about neon jellyfish, you know, what I can't imagine there's that many. You would be surprised, specifically for jellyfish. You might get people that are really into sort of marine <laughs> biology or something, but they're not likely to just specialize in jellyfish. And they only turn sort of neon color is when certain lights are shone. <laughs> well, that's for the neon jellyfish. <laughs> that's for the neon jellyfish fan out there. Um, we'll, we'll do a little segment to it maybe down the road, but as we always. We're going to have to keep this brief as we're already cutting into the showtime. What have you been playing this week, Sean? <laughs> same old, same old. I mean, it's just okay. been a That's brief <laughs> mixture. Animal Crossing, uh, Aladdin and the Lion King. Um, Aladdin and the Lion King? Yeah, a bit of, yeah, exactly. Uh, a bit of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, as in terms of Super Mario 64. Um, a bit of Banjo-Kazooie on the Xbox. Um and that's more oh and i think i did the disney after two afternoon special or whatever that collection's called again another sort of throwback so i guess i've been playing a lot of sort of with the exception of animal crossing they've all been sort of throwback titles but next week i'll have a different answer because you'll have pokemon snap out so the week after it. that will be mass effect i assume that's two weeks after that you get mass effect 14th well yeah next week is the 30th of course. So count how many days <laughs> between the 30th and the 14th. That's just <laughs> taking a serious hit this morning. Um, yeah, no, two weeks after that, it'll be done. Uh, for myself, I, it's been Call of Duty as a season three has been announced and dropped and updated, which brings us in to the news this week, or the roundup of the news this week. So the first one is Call of Duty Warzone. So, Call of Duty for anyone who out there had the season three update. Um, they have been teasing it for quite a while about zombies overrunning the Verdansk in uh, 2021, which is set in the modern warfare era. Um, nuclear bomb went off. They had a little live event similar to the Fortnite live events. They had a little live event. You could jump in, watch the bomb go off. Um, and then it was, then I think it went down for 24 hours. I think you couldn't play Warzone. Well, you could only play Rebirth Island. I'm not sure. Was that devastation? Devastation was a thing across, um, and then all of a sudden it came back, and they set went back to this is the same map. It's the same Verdansk map, but they but it's set in 1984 in the Cold War era, in the well, part of the Cold War era, which is where obviously the <coughs> Black Ops Cold War is set in 1984 as well. So he took it back to 1984. So what I thought was quite cool were like the stadium in the modern warfare one obviously it was a fully built football stadium you could explore when they opened it up and then they this one is like they're building the stadium like it's like it is a very old school eastern european retro stadium with a running track around it um and the stands that kind of go up and the old school floodlights like i thought that was quite a nice touch and like places like downtown you can see are starting to be built up into what they will eventually become in 2020 um, it was quite a nice little one back, but the only, like, only issue with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and we said this when we reviewed it, is that one thing I did like was the theme, the setting of the 80s. I thought it was very good. I think they did a very good job initially, but it seems like they just struggle with this 80s theme. 
It's like it's one of the biggest selling points, I would say, of the game is the theme in time zone. <coughs> they just don't lean into it enough. I don't know why. I mean, this is nice. It's set in 1984, but unless it's telling you this is in 1984, you don't really get an 80s vibe as much. This could be set in 90s or the 70s. It's just a shame because I feel like this game at the moment is missing that because even the multiplayer with the update of season three, you get a new map. You get and you got two new maps that they put into the game, and they could be set any time period. It doesn't lean enough into the eighties aesthetic, is what I'm trying to say here, Sean. Um, as I'm sure you would agree if you played the game, but it just doesn't set enough. But season three is out. Obviously, it's going to bring people back to Warzone. Um, Warzone continues to be a rip roaring success. Over 100 million people have played. Warzone, they keep on trying to keep up with people banning people. There was a great Q and A done with the Raven software lead on Warzone about how they're you know they're constantly struggling banning people. So we'll just have to see how the future of this goes. But they did come out and say that the old Verdant, like Fortnite, is sure is that the old Verdant's map, the first one will not be making a return. That is gone. This is the new map that you'll be playing. I reckon for the next year is this 1980s map. Fair enough. <laughs> um, next one is Destiny 2, and another game that was close to my heart. I just do not have the time nor the inclination to play it. But they add a transmog system. And if you, for those who are not aware of what a transmog system is, it's basically where you can wear anything. Say you're playing Cyberpunk. I'll try and explain this to you, Sean. Say you're playing Cyberpunk and you have it's a. It's going to be interesting. Though. Well, I'll try to make it as interesting. <laughs> but it's where you have a coat. And you want to wear this coat, but the stats are just terrible. Like, so you wear something that you don't like, and the stats, but the stats are better. It happens in a lot of RPGs. So most games add this transmorph system where you can wear what you want, um, and you can wear, but you can keep the stats from one piece of gear and put it onto your character. But you can change what the aesthetic looks of it. Um, but the problem is, it's become a hassle. Um, so a lot of people up in arms. That they have made this ridiculously long-winded and winded area of kind of of these bounties, if you will, to That's get you to do this. become a lesser issue over time. This will feel like I feel in the next five to ten years. I'm not saying whether because Destiny. Well, I have no idea what the hell that game like these days. Originally, the the overall project was this sort of thing that spans. This over time sort of it's always progressing always growing type of thing so in the, in that sense you would never really get a remake of destiny because it, it the the original idea from what i gather when that game was originally sort of launched and that was it was always in an evolving state of play game and stuff so there would never be a reason to go back because why would you you know, why would you want to go back to sort of like a caveman era when you're now in the era of technology or, or you know, that sort of mentality? Um, so I'm sort of saying like these things would now sort of get to the stage where they're um, in the five to ten years time, these will sort of be sort of improvements, sort of um, what do they call them? You know, they're sort of modern day improvements quality of life improvements type of thing you know like you have in certain games where like well now we've sort of made sort of weapon selection and managing your inventory system like it's 
it's it's been brought up to date in certain games and stuff like that. You don't have to constantly go into the menu and swap out and do this and do that. It's like it's all there. I kind of feel the thing that you're talking about now. It might be an issue now with some games, like you said, you mentioned Cyberpunk to make your character's stats good. You might look like you've just fallen in, fallen out of some crazy person's wardrobe or something <laughs> with God knows what on your head and hot pants on and God knows what, like, but it's going to be the best stats for you, even though you've, you know, someone saw you walking around, they'll probably cross the road to avoid you. But, um, yeah, I just feel that's one of those, it's just one of those things that's never really been thought about or given the time and attention over time. And if Cyberpunk was to get a re-release in sort of 10, 15 years time, that would be one of those things that's addressed. I mean, they could address it in an update, but that game's got other problems that, uh, to, to face up to at the moment. Uh, so well, I can't the... imagine that's a priority. We'll bring it back to the Destiny thing. It was just that the needlessly long, tedious way that players have got to go to access this feature when it could have just been added in as a at ease of life is what players are annoyed about. Um, but it's interesting it's been added in because I used to play Destiny a lot and I used to be one thing that I would like, you know, like some bit of equipment. But well, then it's again, one of those things about respecting the player's time because there's loads it of is. games a bit like that. It's just like, just let me do what I want to do quickly like i know what i want to do it's like people sort of point out animal crossing can be guilty like it's so manual in some respects like if i wanted to do something to a bunch of things let me do things in bulk rather than having to do one then the next one then the next one it's it's those kind of things and like i said i do feel these kind of improvements will will happen over time because if other games start doing it it will then start to because it's because no games drastically do it to some degree in, in these examples because they're probably few and far between. But as you move forward, uh, I think the industry will sort of move forward. Don't it just be one of those quality of life? It will seem crazy perhaps in 10 years if you start mentioning this stuff because I don't know how big a problem it will be. Well, it's only a problem if you play the game, I suppose. But moving on, um, EA is. Um... Games get their FPS boost on the Xbox Series X and S. So a full list of EA games will get an FPS boost, just backwards kind of compatibility. Um, most of these will be running up 120, so key games like Battlefield 1, 4, and 5 um, will be at 120 um, refresh rate. If you want to go back and try those, Battlefield Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2, Titanfall 1 and 2, Unravel 2, Sea of Solitude, and the Plants vs. Zombies um, will all be running at 120. Uh, sea of Solitude will be running at 60. It seems strange that it was the only one um, that will be running. So nice little boost. All we need now is TVs that can run at 4K at 120 at a reasonable price point. Well, if you can find me even just one at 4K 120 monitor, uh, 32 inch <laughs> if anyone can find me one with a HDMI 2.1 let me know because at the moment they are I only know of two and they're ridiculously you know between thousands here and that, I'm sure they'll come down the line if they're coming down the line it's just obviously a very niche thing at the moment um, for somebody to require so many that people like playing their games in low quality that's the problem 
Well, too many people to. Well, I imagine it's it's the monitors. I know I'm part of the monitor group. I don't need a TV. I want a monitor to play my games on. But at the moment, my uh, Samsung monitor gets the job done. Um, so that is another little a nice thing to be coming in. And then the last kind of news story, and I always like to finish off. You know me, sure. I always like to bring in Cyberpunk whenever I can feasibly fit it into our um, podcast, just so I can put a little. Uh, hashtag cyberpunk uh, on our podcast get those views nice and high um but i haven't been looking for this this actually came up but it was to do with the refunds and i'm just looking for the story i did just have it in front of me but i think i've just swiped the only thing i keep hearing about is which seems to me like a, i don't know some of this stuff seems like an odd story to me like i keep seeing cd project have learned lessons from the from the launch of cyberpunk i'm like well you've Learn well, hope so. I'm like, I don't know, that seems like a non story to say we've learned less of what that your game that you get a load of backlash over trying to hide your game from reviews and releasing it in a buggy state. So, next time I'm taking it, you're gonna release it in a better state and not hide it from uh, one can only hide. hope, but it was I mean, about... to me, that just seems like a given. It, like I said, it seems like a non story. I mean, they've already said when they made that apology video that whether you believed them or not, that they were sort of aiming to correct things. And like I said, to be fair, none of that, even this story, from what I kind of gather, doesn't mean anything until it's backed up by action. I mean, they can like promise you the the world type of thing like well, until they actually back it like the witcher 4 i guess is their next big one which is obviously going to be years off but that's when their next test is for me anyway yeah, and me but in terms of their refunds how many um to have a little quiz here how many um copies do you reckon do you re- were refunded um back to cd project red of cyberpunk I think it would be actually under a million. Um, I don't know. I've got an idea in my head. God knows why I've got this number, but I would say it would be like 300 and something thousand. Well, 10% of that number, and you'll be right. 30,000 copies were um, issued for a refund. Um, That's quite odd. That is quite They reckon over... I wouldn't have thought that would account, because... The report back at the beginning of the year is refunds cost them about, well, maybe actually, sorry, I could so, be slightly wrong. But so this might be refunds and the bad publicity maybe knocked about three million off the uh, projected sales. So it might not have been down to just strictly refunds. It might have been the bad publicity as well. So I was just about to say 30,000 would cost three million. Um, You're not too. I mean, I've got the figure here, so you can still get it. <laughs> <laughs> but that thirty thousand equates to two point two three million. So you're not too far off. Um, two point costs. Um, that was how much it cost them to cover the refund program. But in total cost, this was um, CB. This is CB Project Red's first uh, financial report since the game came out. Um, so it does include things like refunds and total losses. Um, but in total, the projected cost and refund cost them in grand total of $51.2 million uh, um, directly. Um, so that's what they put it down to, that they have lost. So what it would mean 
in what they were trying to prescribe to the um, to the investor call was that the impact, even though I would say 50 million is quite large, it wasn't as disastrous as some people would be making it out to be that this will cost them a lot of money. Well, the only trying... reason, maybe not financially, perhaps, I don't know, like you said 50 million is still, if you had the option to lose it or gain it, you wouldn't be picking to lose it. But the only reason it's sort of seen as a sort of failure is because it was completely of their own doing type of thing. You know, it was something that it wasn't something out. It was something completely within their control. And that's, I believe, the main reason most people kind of look at that as a failure. No one, there was no, I mean, don't get me wrong. People would have been annoyed if they pushed the game back again, but there was no, because uh, they've even said, it was the they were the ones pushing to get that out because that there was according to the people running that there was no pressure to get that game out for january uh, january for december themselves it was just purely a sort of internal deadline that they wanted to meet there was no pressure from stakeholders or, or whatever it was the, the management team inside was like we've set this 10th of december i think it was deadline and we want to meet that regardless of the state of the game, which obviously then conflicted massively with the whole we won't release the game until it's finished sort of scenario. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people sort of say the the failure is, is 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 that it it didn't need to happen. Like it wasn't, like you can blame certain aspects on like COVID and the fact that games got delayed and stuff hasn't hit when it meant to hit and working from home which a lot of people will understand because that's outside of what they can control. But you, yeah. but that them sort of still releasing it and sort of hiding and you can only use our footage, can't use your own footage in reviews and all yeah. of that, that was of their own doing. So they, they, they chose to lose 50 million is, is the way some on. people might view it. We, we can go through all those things again, but I think, for, I think people, we've gone through what we think of the launch many times. Um, so, the, but the investor call was just to kind of say that it wasn't bad, and they also made a comment about the delisting um, of the Cyberpunk on the Sony store, saying that it delisting sales, uh, say it affected actually sales on other platforms, meaning that what they're trying to come and say is that even though it was delisted and it was cut off from the largest uh, portion of the marketplace, it had an indirect effect on purchases of the game on other platforms. So they actually outperformed internally their targets digitally for other platforms such as PC and the Microsoft uh, Game Store. So it seems like what they're trying to what they're trying to say, and I can only go with what they say, is that they were sales that missed out on Sony, people went and picked it up on another platform on their PC or Xbox. Meaning they had probably, even though I obviously they've missed 51.4 million due to lost sales and refunds, they're saying that people didn't actually miss out on the game. They would either got it physically or because you can still buy Cyberpunk physically or you can also buy it from um, other places online digitally as well, funny enough. For Sony is that they still want to get it back and one point, patch 1.2 goes a long way to read um, effect in this and hopefully we'll get it back um, for people to purchase. So there's your weekly cyberpunk news as it keeps on um, rolling on CD Projekt's year financially is its biggest year financially. So we can only hope that they'll use some of that resources 
and get that game's next-gen patch out and running as soon as possible. I mean, and this, then the, that year and maybe this year should be, because like you said, they've not had anything since The Witcher 3, so it should be their biggest years. Should you would expect it to then go back into really low, well, I don't know about really low, but you should take the <laughs> drop-off until obviously the 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 Witcher 4 or whatever their next big game ends up being. Obviously, you right. might get boosts along the way, like towards the end of this year, you would expect a boost when you get the next-gen patches for PS5 and Xbox Series consoles. So, <clears throat> obviously, that's still part of this new financial year type of thing. But unless they're able to do something, you know, where, again, I don't know if this would massively impact it but you know if they start being able to get it on different streaming sort of platforms like I know it's already on Stadia but like getting it on the Amazon service or they stream it to the Switch or something in other markets you might obviously it's not going to outperform the initial launch but you might see sort of little upticks here and there like The Witcher 3 got a bit of a uptick when it launched on the Switch um, type of thing, but yeah, you'll get upticks, but it won't be. You're right; it's its biggest financial year for some time to come. And then the last story I wanted to finish on—that wasn't the last story—is that Amazon cancels its Lord of the Rings MMO. I'm sure you'll be crying yourself to sleep of that news, Sean. Oh, it, it sounds like an interesting idea. I mean, MMOs aren't necessarily sort of my thing. Um, it's a shame, but I think as some people might have pointed out a bit like with Google Stadia, mm. that maybe they went into when they closed down some of their studios, uh, this is Google Stadia, um, that maybe they underestimated how much time, money and sort of development is sort of needed for sort of some of some of these games type of thing, thinking, well, we'll chuck this amount of resource into getting this game and we'll have it out in a couple of years but actually if you're gonna try and do something ambitious and be something that drives people to your platform then actually it's probably going to need a bit longer in the oven so to speak before before it comes out to be that sort of wow look at this type of thing i i really need to play this and the only place i can play this is on I don't know whether I'm assuming this was exclusive, is on the Amazon Luna platform, I think that's what it's called, or or Stadia or whatever is hosting these sort of different sort of projects. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. But it seems like the money, I mean, it was meant to come out, it's been in project for 2019. Um, They delayed it, they kept delaying it to 2022. Um, and then they said at the moment um, it was going to kind of uh, was kind of done. There was the cancellation is the latest setback um, to release a game. Amazon cancelled Crucible five months after the release because um, that Crucible was a nightmare. But they are seem to be having problems. Uh, Amazon getting this their unique I mean, I game studio. See Amazon moving just in a space of a bit like no Prime has its own sort of exclusives and that but I see Amazon Luna or whatever sort of moving in just being more of a sort of like the streaming equivalent of sort of what Steam is type of thing like it will almost just be a 
sort of digital marketplace and then they might just tie it into sort of going forward necessarily a core part of their business but it might be something they can allow you to upgrade your existing subscription to include the gaming section or whether they bundle it in with your sort of amazon music and prime and all of that to sort of bring added value to that because they might be like well now we'll charge you sort of 9.99 or 12.99 a month but you but still now buy you've the got games. well it maybe that's the sort of problem this, well you don't is... know I, i'm sort of suggesting they might try I think and they would have to go, well it depends obviously they're a pretty wealthy sort of company they might be able to offer a bit like i know it's not paid off at the moment for epic <laughs> but they might start but if you, obviously these companies are incredibly wealthy they might start chucking in you know as part of your membership you get so many games a month type of thing and even though yeah if you want say your cyberpunks or your call of duties or whatever you you'll need the to biggest sort of buy them up front um, but maybe some of the older titles they can do, or indie sort of titles, but, they can be like, well, here you are, you get these as part of your, you know, a sort of weird mix of the both. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just sort of speculating you here are spe- how that, how that you are speculating, business Mike. might go. Hold on, hold they're on. not going to treat it as a main sort no, of They're not going to treat it as a main thing, but my thing is, and you will also know, is that the games will decide where, where people go. And if you can't get the games on your service, and I think this is why Amazon is throwing money, so hence why Stadia were almost throwing money and making their own games until they kind of abandoned it. It's because unless you've got games like Sony do with first party, was like Microsoft do with first party, unless you've got those key games that you can offer, because if they did have a Game of Thrones, what was it called that? Lord of the Rings MMO, and you could only get it on Amazon, and it was including your subscription. People probably would subscribe to it, but if you've got a subscription, yeah, I don't to know service... how much. I think you need a sort of one or two exclusives, key. isn't you do? Yeah, they might be key, but are they enough to drive you? Because one thing that's been put down to the Epic Store, oh, I'm not going to call it a failure, but not sort of maybe getting the uptake that maybe Epic would want initially is. People like their stuff as well being sometimes in one place and it's trying mm, to get that, you know, so getting people to migrate from Steam to Epic for their game launcher. It's the biggest, it's not obviously, they're not physically moving anywhere. <laughs> obviously you're on your computer, you're just launching one or the other, but it's still, people like their libraries, whether they be physical or digital to sort of be more or less in sort of one place. Uh, and that's the biggest sort of crux. But I would say you've got different different things for uh, sort of different people. Different, Not everyone, like I said before, uh, when I've discussed with you, some people, from, and maybe this is different now, but when I used to sort of work in a game shop, you would have just certain people that were literally, their Call of Duty and their FIFA every year, you know, they don't really care about what else is going on, what else, whatever sort of exclusive whether you've got the last of us here or the elder scrolls or whatever else is going on in the game industry it's like give me i know i can jump on have fun with my friends on a feet game of fifa or or whatever it be or or call of duty and all of the other lights and would lord of the rings really be such a big issue in that for those type of people no but you've got hold on hold on hold on hold on 
<laughs> monologuing a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying because you're saying that that plays such oh, a vital me... key role in Amazon's success. And I'm suggesting it would, maybe it would because you've got to differentiate yourself. You've got to differentiate but do, yourself. But do you need to differentiate yourself if you're, if you're able to add that service? If you're able yes. to add that service into something you're already paying for? Yes, because they're not going to give it so to why? you for free. They're not going to give it to you for free. They're not, Amazon are not going to give you Amazon Game Cloud and Service part of your Prime subscription. They're not going to do that. It doesn't make any sense. I can, make see, any I can sense. see them bundling it even if it's no. at a higher tier price. No, they will, give, they will say you can have it for you can either buy it for like ten pounds a month, or you can add it to your subscription for five pounds a month. They're not going to give it to you for free. That's not. A good I, did, I didn't say they were going to give. It, but I can see. But that they you could. But what? you can. But but you need to differentiate yourself. If you're just going to give them a streaming service, but all the games on there you can get somewhere else, um, and you've got to pay but for it. Then... But the way you're looking at it is for someone that's already into gaming, gaming that's already looking around at all these different. Where shall I go? Shall I go to Xbox to play my Call of Duty? Shall I go to PlayStation? Or shall I go to Stadia? Or shall I go to this? It's like, if I'm already paying for something over here, shall I pay a bit extra and stay where I already am? You're sort yeah, of looking at it as it. Yeah, but you, you just literally said to me, like, you need to sort of take all of them into account. I, I would suggest that not every consumer. Every t- some things that again, depending on the what the investment requires from the person, they will do a lot of homework into it. But I would say, does, does do a lot of people way up? But the thing is, is Amazon, you're gonna... hold Stadia, Xbox, Switch, Sony, do they weigh up all on. these <laughs> different no, you can't just let me speak. You can't telling. just take a comment and then just go away. You gotta let me speak. You can't just take one comment and then go off and off and say that comment and walk. Okay, get, get to your point. Then. My point wasn't. It wasn't that. It was like these. There's a lot of subscription models. Stadia, as far as I'm concerned, is dead. It's gone. It will be gone from the uh, from our minds because it came out and it failed and it will be forgotten about. I see Amazon Game Marketplace is going the same way because they have Crucible. Crucible actually came out and then it got cancelled they had to take it back in because it got cancelled because it was dead on arrival then now this mmo uh, is now going to be this lord of the rings is gone i would say this is the end of amazon amazon gaming service which i thought could be a competitor to x microsoft's x cloud i think will go the same way because they just do not have the games to give to people to make the service viable and no one's going to go around and compare it but my thing is no one's also going to join a subscription service if all the game, if you still got to buy the games that you that you play, then when you compare it to another one, you need Amazon do need a killer it's, game. The thing is, I feel you've got different types of people that have different levels of interactivity but... because you was comparing like we had a conversation in the week where you were sort of saying, I sort of semi agree with you on this, but not entirely but like who would want to do apple arcade if xbox game pass or x cloud was fully integrated or had its own sort of dedicated app on our ios the thing is i would maybe make a point to you that there are different that a lot of the, I mean, you say a lot of these Apple Arcade games are these AAA experiences, uh, that so therefore compete in the same space. I maybe make the argument that they're they're not these 
Apple Arcade aren't these AAA experiences and more of these sort of fun little, not about time wasters, but they sort of allow you to have these more quick mobile interactive experiences that don't require so much of your time. Uh, again, is... I, I, I mean, I've got a, I think I'm a, they keep offering me a free, I did do a free a month, a, a month trial. And I did do one, but for when I did it, they were more of the games I'm talking about. You recently told me there's these big triple, the Xbox, uh, Apple Arcade is all these big triple A game experiences that like they've remorphed the, the, the platform from what it used to be. They're now mm-hmm. more competing with, with PlayStation and Xbox. Hold on, uh, so let me clarify I, my position. I feel my I need is, to revisit because you do need that's to a re- different experience. Like I you was playing Choo Choo re- Rocket and Shantae and <laughs> you games do need to like revisit. that. And you're suggesting now they're sort of your Call of Duties and you're the last No, no, hold on, not those. And these kind of uh, let me Hold on, let me, let me, let me speak because that's not what I was saying. But I was saying NBA, I would say, is a triple A game, a big game. Would you not agree? And would sports, you not agree that Lego games are big games? Uh, see, I don't know. If I would yeah, would you of... not agree that Sonic Racing, as much as you and I would never play it, is still not a game that you would just pick up and play and put down? And what about Fan Division? I... Another 3D game. These, that's I don't what I'm know saying. if I would these... class these as the big AAA game. I mean, the sports ones are a bit. See, sports games, I would go the... FIFA and Madden. I would say your but big triple the hold ones on, hold on, that me, everyone me... gets every year. So yeah, but you can't get NHL those on Xbox and... and you can't get those on Xbox Game Pass. I'm comparing these games to Game Pass games, the ones you can get through the subscription service and Game Pass, because you can't get Call of Duty on that Game Pass either. So I'm comparing these games to those games, and there is a lot of com- competition between those two games. But I That's mean, maybe I we saying. need to redefine what we class it because you were telling me like you'll get these big, sort of heavily because you even yeah, said to me to play to play a game on Apple Arcade. You need to take the time. You need to be sitting down to play yeah, it. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm not denying you're going to come across the odd one, but I'm suggesting most of Apple Arcade games uh, are those sort of more fun and frivolous. No, like I said, a is, bit of time. You need to there. revisit. But I want to stop you there because you're breaking Apple Arcade out to be something it's not. Because maybe you haven't revisited, but you need to revisit Apple Arcade because that maybe is not what Apple Arcade. Because that because you are wrong in what you are saying. Is there a reason why I want to stop you? Is because you coming out saying they're like you know these little ones you can play on your phone. That is not what Apple Arcade is about. Those games still exist, but that's not what. If you was to go to Apple Arcade, they're not the games that are front and center. Because Apple knows that you're not going to pay £10 a month to play those games. It's, you're going to play... £5 a month. Oh, sorry, £5 a month. You're not... Oh, yes, you are right. One month um, is £5. I do apologise. I was included. I was looking at the Apple One. And so um, you they, they're not the games that you're going to be paying for that because those games are 79p So and you got it forever. The games they want you to be playing is going to be NBA. But the thing is they try to hit you with also quantity... They, as well, they because do. obviously and there's for your five pound a month. Because obviously one thing we... that was sort of when that um, Apple Arcade came out, for example, and I thought this was pretty poor by Nintendo. So 
that guy that said maybe we're a bit too upbeat. I'm about to give Nintendo a bit of a hard time. Let me record it for prosperity. (laughs) But Mario Kart Tour on iOS, that that standalone game, which is primarily sort of free to play, but it has microtransactions in it. They offered you a subscription pass as an additional thing. So you would get so many of the gems or whatever you needed to do to be able to kind of loot boxes within that that game um and that was a fiver a month so there was a lot of comparisons like why would i be paying a fiver a month for this one solo game which obviously doesn't really offer you the same america experience as you would get on obviously the switch when apple arcade for the same price gives you a really can't remember 180 definitely sorry 180 yeah 180 games for a five a month and like i said you've got loads of different puzzles i mean i guess you've got variety i'm not denying there's not there's going to be no, some games it's... like that ocean horn i know is one of them which is a sort of seems a bit like a zelda Star Trek sort of style game um but then you've this... also got stuff like Choo Choo Rocket, which is obviously like a puzzle game. Yeah, got... I'm trying to find Choo Choo Rocket, but I agree with what you're saying. There is going to be shovelware, and I would say 50% well, of it is going to be Choo Choo Rocket shovelware. But you know what I mean? They're the light... It is a good game. They're the light games that people, you know, are throwaway games. You're not going to spend £5 a month to play games like that on your on your um, iPads, your Mac they're aiming this as you spend five pounds so you can play quality 3d games this isn't aimed as hard as it is kind of thing because the iphone is the most successful this isn't really aimed at the iphone iphones are one way into it this is aimed at ipads and macs that's who they want people to be jumping on apple arcade iphone is a great way to get people in and that's why you have the shovelware but the key games if you were to look at it it's not they are 3D full-fledged games. They're not looking for you to jump on there so you can play well, tappy games. I will games. give it a revisit. It didn't seem... Do I give it a revisit? Because crazy, that is where... Because they but keep that... promoting... I can get three free months of it. Um, you should like, try Every it, time though. I go... I have to... Well, the thing is, the reason I haven't taken up another three months is because I tried it when it first launched. Um, and like I said, they had... Ex- like the Shantae and the Seven Sirens was exclusive to apple arcade initially it's on the switch and i believe xbox and everything like that now but i know it did take that as an exclusive and that's a 2d side scrolling sort of i don't know if i call it a metroidvania but it's sort of got aspects of that where you sort of revisit different areas and do a load of backtracking in that but primarily it's a sort of 2d action platformer but i know they've done sort of bits of exclusive and a game that's on PlayStation initially, although I don't think they've done a uh, game in that series for a while called Everybody's Golf. A lot of people, I've seen people on at IGN sort of, I don't know about rave about it, but say it's pretty good. I want to say it's sort of like called Clapping Golf or Planned Golf or or something along those lines that are on Apple Arcade. They say it almost feels like a spiritual successor to Everybody's Golf, which everyone seemed to like on PlayStation and Vita. Um, Again, I've not tried. There's one thing that sort of because I don't mind golf games. I'm currently waiting, obviously, for Mario Golf on the Switch. But yeah, right, I, I, I don't mind the old golf game here and there. But I, I will. I by next week, then we'll maybe pick up and I'll uh, I'll review what I what I make of uh, our, our our 
take up the the offer for to jump back the into Apple Arcade and, well, the and have a new we... new look at these AAA experiences. But... Well, they're not AAA, <laughs> but I would keep in mind what the X because this is what brings us into it because X <clears throat> X Microsoft Xbox had a story. Yeah, and I'm gonna read it out for you. And um, uh, is that they're basically Microsoft X Cloud Gaming is is now on iOS um, that you can access it um, through. Put on your iOS devices, which Apple initially blocked. And I, my obviously only thinking is because Apple knows this is a direct competitor to Apple Arcade. If you can play, and see, Xbox... this is where I take a bit of distance. I'm not denying there's a kind of bit of competitiveness there, but <laughs> at the same time, I would argue the reason that they have an issue, and maybe this is something that needs to be revisited in the courts, because I know people like Netflix and, <laughs> as, yeah. The legal system. <laughs> no, it's a surprise. But you just seemed a bit surprised. Um, but because I know like Spotify and Netflix is an issue with this kind of thing. Is like when purchases are made via apps and stuff like that, normally the platform holder, and even Epic, obviously Epic have got their issue with, uh, I believe Fortnite's still not on Google or, um, or sorry, so. Android or iOS. I've got a feeling it's still removed from both is that whoever's holding that game gets a cut of obviously anything that's sold via those those marketplaces. A bit like the way it's done on console. If you buy Call of Duty for Xbox, Microsoft will get a cut of that. If you buy Call of Duty for PlayStation, Sony will get a cut of that. The thing is with the subscription services, um, I, I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure where the issue is hung up, but I believe it's always, as most things are, it kind of comes down to the sort of monetary aspect of these things. Like when people are doing these subscriptions on these other platforms, where is Google or Apple's sort of cut for, for these type of things? And I'm not denying there could well be a case that maybe this is an old system that these companies shouldn't be taking a cut. It should all go back to the to the to the developer and publisher. Like maybe there is an argument to say, well, why are you know why are these people getting a share for just just the fact that it's on their platform? They could. I'm not saying one way or the other. There could be an argument, probably for both. Um, because some people would say that might be the issue because there's been a lot of rumour about X, uh, Game Pass or slash X Cloud coming to the Switch. But some people say, how's that going to, you know, for Nintendo, for that, for this platform of what Microsoft wants to do to push X Cloud out onto these other things, what is the incentive for these other companies like you said there is a bit of a competitive element in there because if you can get for example that game that i do have on the switch but i know it's also on uh, game pass that spirit fairer if you can get that as part of game pass on the on the switch if that they microsoft pushed it out on the switch what incentive have you then got to buy a game or that game through the eShop on the switch type of thing yeah, of taking a sale away for and but if microsoft are like well you don't get any compensation for us being on your platform even though we could impact your sales that's where i sort of feel the 
that's where I always feel the sort of problems are with this 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 type of model. Like, is that? But then, like, if Microsoft, if so, sorry, if Nintendo were to get a sort of cut or a monthly, I don't know, Microsoft chucked them a load of money or sort of a a sort of fee for being on that platform that they both sides could agree to or something then that maybe that's the workaround you know because you but would then never... we are speculating what they would do with mike no i'm just sort of saying i believe my, well no i'm saying it's the same for a lot of these things it comes down to like i said there is probably a bit of a competitive element there but i believe it's more to do with 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 money like you're sort of uh, slightly i do think that there is a part of the element but i think it's more of it's a competitor that they don't want to be coming into their market especially the money they've spent on apple arcade i think it's more apple arcade because apple arcade came before because the same thing with netflix you can buy you don't buy your netflix subscription through apple um you do well, not it anymore apple... because they've removed that because because there was a big kick up with that you was used Spotify. to be able, no, but you used to, and Disney Life before Disney Plus existed, you used to be able to do a lot of these things through the App Store. But a lot of these companies started, I'm positive Netflix used to do this as well, but then they started removing that function because they was like, for example, if you paid eight ninety nine to sign up with Netflix directly through Netflix, then Netflix get that eight ninety nine. If you do it through the, through on your iPhone or iPad, then Netflix won't get that eight ninety nine because but Apple will take a thirty percent cut. But they stopped that. From what I was saying, is yeah, no, I'm saying they've stopped that from. But that's being, why uh, Netflix have kind of sort of gone around that, and that's yeah, I that's think what Apple Microsoft are trying to could do as well. Microsoft could go around that, but Apple just doesn't want it, and. They could do, and I think Apple understands that. Like, you could have the app, and people just go around. Same Netflix and Spotify, but the same thing. The thing is that. Well, Apple the other thing want. you've got with, uh, I could be wrong. I not properly played Those... every game on Game Pass, but I'm believing there's probably some games on Game Pass that include microtransactions. Um, I think, uh, yeah, no, of course there is. Yeah, there is. Well, well yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> but technically, right, those was... microtransactions could be done on an iOS or device, that which a... normally would mean that Apple would take a cut of that. And like I said, to me, that is more of the crux of the issue. If Apple is like, it's with, uh, sorry, ex-Microsoft, like, it's within our app, it's within our system, you don't get anything then I feel because obviously Netflix doesn't there's no charge when you're in the no, no, Netflix you're right. thing you're in there it's whatever's there you can there's no additional charge um whereas no, obviously but... games are a bit different and Xbox might be like well if someone wants to buy the season pass or a loot box or a skin or whatever it might be for whatever game Apple be like yeah that's fine but we want I believe like Google and Apple charge about a thirty percent charge on on these sort of purchases, and Microsoft, well, no, it's exactly. within our thing, and and I feel that's more where it sort of my only thing is Google hasn't to. done that, and Google had the same issue with Fortnite when they tried to go around that. So but my only thing is Google. Hasn't so it's done Fortnite that. I do think... on Google. No, no, but it's not. Um, so that's why the, Fortnite had it. Google also had that issue, but you can do X Cloud through its app on the google on google android devices 
my my main thing is I do think Apple see this as why on earth? And as I said to you before, I don't see why on earth would you sign up to Apple Arcade when you've got Xbox Game Pass right uh, right there as well. And that's where I see Apple sees it because because Apple Arcade came before Xbox Arcade, where Spotify and Netflix became before Apple's offerings. So they can't kick them off because they've already been on there. So they have to live with it. I do think the microtransaction is a good point. Though. I do think that I, does think, I think Apple it, could but... quite clearly kick them off because at the end of the day, they've yeah, to some at degree, their own but... detriment at their own. Oh well, yeah, no, I'm not denying. They, but you could argue this is that their own detriment. The no, problem not is obviously Xbox obviously is still trying to grow it. It's it's yeah, but it's, they're not as big, and it wouldn't be at Apple's detriment to kick off because because they're doing it, aren't they? They're stopping it. And no, no, I agree with you. And like I'm saying, I, I, I don't. So I don't. But to say they can't kick them off, like you said, there'd be no they, reason they wouldn't to really kick them kick off. Them they off. wouldn't. They wouldn't kick them off. They would. The only be, reason that would be a sort of. Um, they like do, said, they would. Yeah, you can. They would can be do if it. they was to start selling films or through that thing, and you know, like you had different. I don't know. Again, I'm, I haven't properly dug into the terms of service because. Some people sort of say, like, because obviously you don't pay a chart. Like, if you were shopping with Amazon, obviously you don't pay a chart. Obviously, that's a bit different as storefront compared. But some people might say that's, that isn't a difference. You know, what? you're still buying. You know, like, if you were to buy something on, on, on an Amazon app, you don't, Amazon, uh, Apple don't take a charge from there, do they? Even though it's no. an app, it's going technically via their platform. So some people would say, well, if you don't do it via Amazon, why would you do it via a different style of app type of thing? Why would you want to cut through this and not through that? I mean, I think Apple will eventually back down, but I think at the moment they just, my my main kind of thing is at the moment, they see this as the the biggest, you know, detriment to Apple Arcade and they don't want to lose that service, pumping the money into it. If they didn't have Apple Arcade, I'm sure this, they will have an app on the iOS by now. If they didn't have the Apple Arcade, because they see well, it I as feel they, I mean, it really depends. I mean, they don't. I don't know Apple Arcade stuff because obviously they're building it into a service. They're building it into a service that you can because obviously they've got they've got the M1 chips out now, so everything the iPhone, the iPad, and the MacBook will all pretty much have the same interfaces going forward because the iPad and MacBooks are very similar now interfaces. So I think they're just going to keep on bulking that service that they're going to have a unified platform and grow their user base. And the Apple Arcade will become less about, as I said, tapping and more about these 3D involved games. Because as you said, no one's going to pay the money just to play tap games. Maybe you would. I would. Well, it really depends. It really depends on no the one quality of the game. Because some people, because like you, for example, you say, because one of the reasons you really dislike the Switch for handheld is you even though fun. you've got proper controls that you never ever want to play a game on the go never no, I, don't, like, I don't like you it. would have to I be just... in a pretty bad work, i don't know suffering the worst <laughs> oppression of your life before you turned to this to handheld gaming type of thing no, I, I, don't, so, I don't like gaming on i must admit i don't like gaming on the go because i as we've said before when we did a what type of game review i'm all about immersion and the experience, the experience immersion has to be right. I was playing Mario Kart on the Switch the other day, on the Switch, not on the TV docking, um, in the front room. And even then, I didn't feel like I was concentrating properly. I felt like I couldn't give it my full attention. I have to be in the zone, headphones on, sitting in front of a TV at a desk, 
properly it's it's like work for me i wouldn't be working i can't i can't work on the go as well it's one thing i can't do emails take phone calls on the go i have to be at that so to me one of the differentiators between the xbox games and the app arcade games is that the app arcade games primarily are made for on the go no so that's where control. you're wrong that's well, where, like I that's said, why I you need to revisit maybe we'll discuss it next r- week because they're not complete... touch control games and uh, i mean luckily i've got an xbox controller now because obviously you can they... play apple arcade games with a, a xbox and playstation 5 controllers um so they are touch control as those, much those. as they can as they've been modified down but obviously they did design that you have a controller like an xbox controller to play them because you can hook up your apple and um, your xbox controller to an ios and play these games they're more though games. If you look at the games they're advertising, you you would need to play a controller. You can do, I'm sure, through touchscreen, but you would need to play a controller. And I'm not sure these are games you would be playing on the go. Obviously, you can, but for me, it'd just be like this seems like a better experience to be sitting at your Mac or your iPad and playing with a controller. But you need to revisit Apple Arcade. All I can say is your your um, version or your view of Apple Arcade is slightly different to what it's become. Well, yeah, as you said, the store might be completely. Totally not the store, changed. Apple Arcades. Well, Apple Arcade might have been totally been a member before. Um, so like I said, obviously I have experienced it, so it's not as if I'm just completely lifted, but you could you could be right. There could be all these massively three-dimensional, atmospheric, story-driven narrative games. There are. But you would have... That, require control of beyond anything else i'm happy to accept that and i'll i'll let you know next week what you'll let me know try try out a few but try out a few but that's all we got time for this week thank you again for making this part of your week we hope you enjoyed i'm not sure how i'm gonna title this um episode episode 21 but i'm sure i'll come up with a title I'm never wrong, <laughs> but hopefully that was gave you gave you an optimistic view on our. We gave you a very optimistic view, and we, we'd like to hear more uh, Nintendo shaming on here from you, Sean. Please keep on keep it coming. No, I'm happy to call out a company when I think they've done something wrong and not so blind. But there we go. But anyway, but anyway, we hope to see you next week, and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me. Oh, quickly, before we go, <laughs> I forgot to do this. Any other comments, I suppose, questions, please keep on emailing those into neonjellyfisharcade at gmail.com. Take care.